Halito, and welcome to Native Chalk Talk, a podcast by Natives for all. Here, we're keeping our Native ancestors' stories and history alive while also sharing with you our Native cultures, traditions, and more. I'm Rachel Youngman, a Choctaw originally from Anadarko, Oklahoma. I hope you'll enjoy this journey with me as we learn from our Native American guests. And stay tuned for the end of each episode where we'll talk about some great ways to support Native causes and or Native-owned businesses. Let's get started. I am more than a maker. More than an athlete. More than a pastor. Chata Elifinachili. I am Choctaw proud. We are the Choctaw Nation, and together we're more. Holly Toe, and welcome to NATO Choc Talk. Today, I caught up with Chief Gary Batten of the Choctaw Nation of Oklahoma to talk about the latest, including the new leased housing program, Cultural Goals, the upcoming election, capital projects, and the new entertainment resort development, Choctaw Landing. So Chief, welcome again to Native Choctaw. Well, Halito, Rachel, and again, Yakoki, thank you so much for having me. And I have to tell everybody that uh, I had a funeral to attend today and, and there's one of my cousins. And so that's the reason why you see the, the cowboy hat that I don't, usually you don't see me in. But in honor nice of him, touch, so. I just want to, I wanted to wear it today. Thinking of your cousin, thank yes. you for sharing that with us. So how's everything been since our last conversation? I feel like you've just had a little bit going on, right? Well, definitely. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I just think about things that's going across Choctaw Nation from, from housing to preservation of our culture to sovereignty issues, you know, to gaming compact discussions and with the state and, and all those things that they're critically important to our success, to our sovereignty as a, sure. a nation, to our culture, you know, because without our sovereignty, I'd say culture and sovereignty always goes hand in hand. And so the McGirt ruling, all those typical things, but I keep saying those are things that we have to pay attention to, that we're fighting for. We need to stick up and, and be noticed. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's my responsibility as chief. And, and uh, for me, I take it very serious when it comes to those issues because they're, they're passionate for me and they're critical to the success and sustainability of the tribe. Absolutely. I mean, it's so much at one time. How do you stay cool among all of these well, important issues? You know, it's uh, people don't get to see me at home or when I'm by myself. So when I'm, I'm in those panic modes or whatever, and yeah. you're thinking, you know, am I really the right person to be the mm -hmm. chief? And, you, you know, you just sure. because it's really about information and understanding the information and understanding people and building relationships. And mm -hmm. it's all of those pieces pulled pulled together. But at the end of the day, I always say you have to take that deep breath and remember you know that I'm going to make a decision that I can go to sleep with tonight and and you always got to keep tribal members at the very front of your mind and that it has to benefit them otherwise there's no reason to do it absolutely I'll try to take some of that into consideration in my own life as well so, so will I he's a human <laughs> so big things are happening here in Choctaw Nation opportunities galore for Choctaw jobs and education support for our elders hearing aids eye and dental care pharmacies the LEAP program rental homes food security small business programs home internet career development and the list is endless 
I enjoyed attending the groundbreaking here in Hugo, Oklahoma today for the LEAP program, which stands for Lease to Purchase. So tell us about that program, Chief. Well, of course, we were very fortunate here in Hugo today that we opened 30 of those homes. And, and the Lease to Purchase program is about uh, helping people become homeowners. Because I've always said, when you look across our Choctaw Reservation, I said that I grew up in what's called a typical Indian home, the brick home, three-bedroom, right. two-bath. And these are truly extremely nice homes. They have granite counter tops but what we have found out is a lot of our tribal members make the income typically they're paying a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars for rent and so we help educate them on becoming leasers why they're leasers to eventually to where they can purchase the home because they know they need to set dollars back for maintenance for HVAC or for painting or for whatever it may be but the part I love about it so much is that it's their home Yes. You know, okay. and like I said, it's it's not they're dependent upon our Choctaw Housing Authority and guidelines and rules that they have to right. follow. It's their home, and they get to choose how they mm -hmm. want to do with it. And I think there's a certain amount of pride and that goes along with home ownership that I think it instills people. And I think just from us, and again, it's my assumption, just having generational trauma, mm -hmm. I think it's really important for us to understand that we should be proud of being Choctaw and who we are. Yes. We should be proud of achieving a home ownership and things like that. So it's a way of creating that pride. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And there's all kinds of possibilities, like someone who is maybe a single parent or mm -hmm. just starting out, married, mm -hmm. and trying to figure out how to make all those ends meet. Uh, the elderly, people who may be widowed, that kind of thing. So all across the gamut, I feel like this is such a big program for our people. Well, and it's not just the LEAP program like you were talking about because we do have single people that's getting homes. We do have cousins that are living together that yeah. they went together and got a LEAP home. But uh -huh. also we have affordable rental homes uh, that is critical because we do have those people that just can't afford uh, to pay rent. Absolutely. In our area, housing is such in uh, high demand. We have homes here, but they're 40 and 50 years old that people are paying a thousand bucks for they're really just in disrepair and uh, so we, we provide the affordable rental program but then also for our elders our elders are critical to our heart you know and we want to make sure that they have a, a great community that they can reside I think I was telling you about Helen Pittman that mm -hmm. lives over in Durant she's 102 and she got her an independent elderly home and so she's close by to the clinic to the services that she needs there's a community health representative that can go by and check on her but at the same time she's a part of of a community that she actually she right. believes in protecting and I th Aww, think wow I that's that. awesome <laughs> that she is 102 and she's checking on her neighbors but then that, that's what family's all about though right in the neighborhood is just getting where you feel comfortable and yeah. safe and, and want to be able to help one another and that's I think that's when you will get a sustainable community absolutely and they are beautiful homes as well so you're getting a really nice deal you mentioned earlier granite countertops and yes that kind of thing pretty nice so well another thing that i would mention rachel is just you know again if they're paying a thousand dollars for rent a lot of times they can get in these homes from 500 to 600 dollars and so they can actually put that money into the reserves and then also i would just encourage our tribal members out there to make sure and apply because we go off of need mm -hmm. and so if there's not any applications in a small community say if you're in red oak clayton or whatever apply so that we can show that that need is there now it may take us a while to get to it but we'll never get to it if nobody applies so i would just exactly. encourage everybody to apply 
and, and, and fill out the application. And I know it may be a little bit complicated, but that will show the need so that we can build those. Because, again, we're going to build uh, over 700 of those homes across the Choctaw Nation Reservation. That's so exciting. Yes, it is. I love this story. And I'll be sure to post the link to the LEAP program uh, application from Choctaw Nation. And it's for the Choctaw Nation members on my Native Choctaw Facebook page. On a more serious note, many of us are aware of the McGirt, Oklahoma Supreme Court decision in July of 2020. Um, and in season one, episode 14, we talked a little bit more about that. You shared some information. So listeners, feel free to check out that episode for more information and where we started with this story. So in a nutshell, the courts ruled that because of the Indian Major Crimes Act, jurisdiction should rightfully fall into the hands of the federal court rather than the state. So ultimately, since this decision, the Choctaw, Chickasaw, Cherokee, Key Seminole and Muscogee nations have regained recognition as reservations. So super exciting. But there's much more to it than my simplification here. Um, this was an enormous win for Indian country. However, soon after that decision, the celebrations started to wane. So, Chief, what has happened since that impactful court decision? Well, it, it was a celebration for us because, I mean, if you can imagine between 1830 and 2020, we accepted the fact that the state had jurisdiction over us. And so this reaffirmed that our reservation is intact, that we do have jurisdiction in regards to an Indian Major Crimes Act. And I want to make sure that everybody understands that this is about uh, jurisdiction. It's not about land ownership. A lot of times people think of the Western tribes, if there's a reservation, that's what they think of. Mm -hmm. But this is just saying that we have jurisdiction. So if you can think of Texas, for example, Texas doesn't own all of the land, but they have jurisdiction. And so we, our United States doesn't own all the property, but they have jurisdiction. And that's what it means for us. And it, it made sure that we had uh, that, uh, that jurisdiction so that we can develop laws that impact our people. And so with that, yes, it, it was a great win, but now the work has begun. And so what that means is how do we make sure that we have good law enforcement? How do we make sure that we protect our elders, protect our young? You know, we were very fortunate that our court system was already in place. We already had a courthouse uh, built. We have our first ever female judge, uh, Amy, that was appointed. And, and I'm proud of her. Thank you. And she is doing a wonderful job. We have our peacekeepers court, which is where our elders actually uh, help our people try to stay on the right path. But I think it's important from a sovereignty perspective that we is it going to be costly we've already spent close to probably 30 million dollars on law enforcement child welfare caseworkers and so on and the judges but it's critical if we want to retain our sovereignty we have to step up to the plate and we ha we can't just go we want to be sovereign federal government you take care of it or right. you state take care right. of it we need to actually govern ourselves develop laws that help our people and I, there is nobody better i believe government's the best at its lowest level and what i mean by that is that when we are able to make those laws that governs ourselves and, and even the service delivery so i think about somebody that comes to us if they have a dui guess what we can send them to our own recovery center or if they're oh. a female we can send them to our chaholali a women's treatment facility so they can take their kids and so they're able to keep their family together we have so many more wraparound services than the state used to in the past and it's past they would just get put in prison and that would be it our goal is not to put people in prison our goal is to help get them well get them back into uh, society so that they can be productive and and that's what i think this the sovereignty has been all about but now has it come with struggles 
with the state. I don't think people understand how a tribe exists within a state within the United States and how are we sure <laughs> all those types of things is very complicated and it, and it is consistently complicated on how do we approach that but I still say there's three areas that for me are really important to focus on that's our elderly our young uh, are keeping our culture so that's the environmental side of things mm. those are the things I want to make sure that we protect now don't get me wrong taxation is an issue and we will can we work out compacts can we do all those types of things I think there is but we the state has been I certainly say the state our local city and counties have been wonderful to work with we have cross deputization agreements with them we have uh, uh, where we partner with them to provide sales for us mm. for those that has has gotten into trouble and so locally it's been great it's just yeah. on the state level that everybody's saying we don't get it we need to make sure that mm -hmm. all laws are the same across the state of oklahoma well that's that's not even the same between county and county so right, you know for right. for that to be realistic the the part meaning that we are going to have to again step up and i think about we did our own hunting and fishing you know mm -hmm. the state didn't want us to uh they were making six million dollars a year off of our compact and they didn't want to continue that because they were getting it from the federal government not from us but we were providing the list of tribal members that were a part of that compact right well since they didn't want to do it so we just enacted our own hunting and fishing code we did it ourselves we use our tribal membership and you know that's what we need to embrace uh, our sovereignty and step up and yes. and do what we need to do to 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 make sure that our people are protected but the, the thing is it's going to cost money and we have to realize that absolutely it is so that was a good recap and, and some details there that i was wondering about myself what kind of misconceptions do you think are out there about what this case and the ruling has done with you know criminals and things like that well i think the misconception and most people don't realize there's the indian major crimes act which is more of your felony so you're talking murder rape those types of things it hasn't gotten into civil which means taxation you know it means all the other things that we typically deal with on it I say we we as Oklahomans deal mm -hmm. with on a daily basis and so it's been a struggle for people to say well what is consistent you know for example I think about uh, had a person over in Atoka County that said well if you're a tribal member you get way less cost than what you do if you get a speeding ticket in Atoka and you're a non tribal member well guess what that is true but the reason why is because our court costs and our fees are cheaper than what their county is uh, and so okay. they yeah. made it portray it as it was an Indian non-Indian issue the reality is it's their government is costing them too much so it's costing the people locally more than it is for us to provide that and yeah. so there's all these misconceptions though about you know we shouldn't have to pay taxes and and that's in the courthouse right now and we'll see if that that's true or not hmm. you know but but this I think this ideology of just pure domination too from our tribal members that we have this ability now since and could we have that yes we could I mean could we say we are a hundred percent sovereign but guess what happens what about all of our kids that go to school hmm. you know so right. what happens if you go to public school is this public school going to start charging 
us hmm. for them to go to school driving on the highways that are state highways which we can say those are Choctaw roads or whatever but again that's their money that they've invested so do we have to pay them back so there's all these Rabbit complicated oil. issues that that you have to really think through but my point is I feel like that we if it's good for Choctaw it's good for Oklahoma I think if it's good for Oklahoma it's good for Choctaws as well and so we just got to figure out what that good balance is yeah. I keep saying that's the reason why we're in this medallion is because it's all about making sure that we understand when we do something because uh, I think about people that make decisions sometimes and guess what they don't think about the unintended consequences that come back to them should that be, make us afraid no it shouldn't but we should be very smart about how we approach this and look at all the pros and cons and does it at the end of the day does it truly help our people and if it does then yes, we'll probably do it. I just met with Governor Stitt just okay. uh, last week, and yeah. it was interesting. You know, our conversation. He he had invited. Uh, he's invited other tribal leaders. I think I was the fourth or fifth one that just scheduling. But I went up there and we had lunch, and uh, we had a. Initially, it was kind of awkward, and, and and just meaning that I did. I, he came in, and it just didn't look like he knew what he wanted to say, and so on. Right. So we sat down, we started eating. We just uh, Trevor Pemberton, his uh, lead attorney, just started talking. He asked why I wanted to be chief, and I said, "Well, I never aspired to be chief. It's just, but I I love being chief." And and anyway, I told him about my background and having a brother that I lost this due to suicide and all those things. Those are the things that motivates and inspires me to help our people because. I know they're going through those times. But anyway, we got past all of that. And uh, we finally got to, I said, well, Governor, I think there's probably a lot of things that we agree upon. You know, I, a matter of fact, I support him in his first election. He's a Cherokee tribal member. He ha he talked about how he's in business, but how he has to balance business and the government mm -hmm. approach and making right. sure that you have balanced budgets and good fiduciary and all those things. But I said, where we disagree, though, is you fail to realize that we are a sovereign nation. Exactly. We had a treaty back in 1830 that we signed. Well, he keeps saying, so you're saying the state of Oklahoma didn't change anything. I said, well, what was sad is we accepted that when y'all became the state, that when I mean, we could became the state, that we gave up all our rights. We we accepted that, and we should have never accepted that. Was there anything in writing with that acceptance, or was it just kind of like it is what it is? Well, I mean, we nobody ever posted, it, did we? I mean, right. nobody fought that. Hey, you don't have the right to arrest us. You don't have the right to do all these things. Right. We just accepted that the state of Oklahoma had jurisdiction over us, and so I and, uh, and so I said, no, it should not have changed though mm -hmm. uh, our thought process and our philosophy. And he said, well, I've got to make sure that all laws are the same across the state. He said, for people that are trying to bring in businesses and so on, I said, so, Governor, what are you going to do if we pass a law where we say there's no strip clubs in our reservation, but your state law allows that? Now, which one are you going to see is better? Right. And, he, <laughs> you know, he just can't imagine that we as Choctaw people could establish laws that would benefit our communities and our mm. people better and then he keeps he kept going back to well you know back in 1907 I said governor you have to go back to 1830 you just want to stop at 1907 but you have to go back to 1830 to understand our our where we get our authority from where we get our sovereignty from and he just fails to recognize that but at the end of the day I felt like it was a step you know okay. and now whether it's a step forward 
or a step backwards. I don't know. He told me that he would reach out to me and, and he would give a call because he wanted our attorneys to start talking. I said, no, I do not want our attorneys to start talking because, uh, first of all, you and I are philosophically in disagreement. Now, my, my attorneys are going to do what I philosophically believe is right for our people. Amen. And, and uh, I said, so there's no reason for them to even get together until you and I can have that conversation. He said, well, I want to have that conversation. I said, well, good. And so I'm waiting for the phone call. I'll see if we get the phone call. And if, if so, I and I truly hope that he will. I thought the other day, I thought, you know, I might just reach out to him. Yeah. Uh, because I told him, I said, you know, I am open-minded. I am willing to listen, but I want you to know that I stand firm on our sovereignty. I am not going to give up, you know, our belief in sovereignty that we signed the treaty and what that gives us and so on. And so I hope that I made him understand that there is dialogue mm -hmm. and I'm open to that dialogue. But he's going to, and I told him we have had a, a um, we need to repair our relationship. Uh, yes. I've lost trust in him. So uh, there's things that and trust comes back when you start working together again and you take one step at a time. And so I'm willing to take that step. But I, I told, I, anyway, my point was I thought that I might reach out to him. And I thought, no, I'm not going to do it. Oh. He needs to reach out to me. And if he wants that relationship, he will reach out to me. Because I've offered and so now it's just we'll see what happens on the next steps. Was that your first meeting in person with him? Oh no, no. Okay. We've we've had numerous meetings, okay. and and each time, it's been the same thing that he has to stick up for all four million Oklahomans. Which again, I, that's what I told him. I said, Governor, I can respect you. I understand yeah. you have to. I said you just have to understand we're part of that four million too, though. Yeah. And you have to accept that we are a sovereign nation until he and I can agree upon. His acceptance of us. He'll say, oh, I believe you're sovereign. And it's like, well, why are you saying that we shouldn't be able to have the ability to establish our own laws? Right. Then I don't know That's what, what sovereignty he. Is. Exactly. I don't know what he understands sovereignty to be. The thing that I thought was really interesting, though, to me was he told me, he said, well, uh, you know, he said, I thought back in 1907 that all the tribes just gave up their land and, and became uh, wanted to become a part of Oklahoma. I said, no, you know, the federal government allotted land. And so we're I don't mean to harp about it, but just where he gets his historical information really surprises me. And so we've just got a lot, long process to go through. And what's kind of sad is with our sovereignty, though, and it being fought, if we can't come to an agreement, well, guess what? That means we're going to spend a lot of money We're going to spend at the courthouses and because he's probably going to fight us, and we're, we're right. going to fight that fight. And so yeah. I just wish that it was more of a relationship where we could come to some form of agreement that's, again, good for our yeah. Choctaw people, good for the rest of the tribes, and good for Oklahoma. But we'll see if we can get there or not. This is great information. Thanks for being transparent. And sure. we all are looking for that, a little transparency into what's going on. Sure. One thing that I've never understood is if you're going to, whether it's Stitt or anyone else, if you're going to be a governor of Oklahoma, this is Indian country. It is the melting pot of all these tribal nations. Like you'd think that you'd want to come in here making nice with the tribes and figuring out how you can work together and do cool things together and, and even bring in commerce together, things like that. So. Yeah. You know, I, I was just thinking, I'd ask him, what does he believe is the competitive edge for bringing companies into Oklahoma? And, you know, he really couldn't say. I said, well, I think it's the tribes. 
you know, because I think we as the tribes, we have grown the economy more than anybody else in the state of Oklahoma. I mean, the tribe alone, $2.2 billion economic impact. Wow. Tribes as a whole, I think, $15.2 billion economic impact. And what we give, I said, we don't have to give to schools. We don't have to give to fire departments. We don't have to have a summer school program that provides services to Indians and non-Indians. It's just who we are. We always get, well, you know the story. When we came across the Trail of Tears, lost a third of our people, we still reached out and helped the people of Ireland, Absolutely. even though we were broke. We are good people that's yes. going to help our fellow human beings, Indian and non-Indians. And so where he, but he can't embrace that. He, I think he approaches things from a win-lose perspective. You know, it's not mm -hmm. a win-win. And, right. you know, I'm not going to allow a win-loss for us in Choctaw Nation. It's got to be at least a win-win. Again, good leadership right there. Well, thank and he didn't you. pay me to say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I can't even imagine. I think you had said one time that if the tribes were to go away, there's all these hundreds of thousands of jobs across mm -hmm. the state. Where will all those people work? The tribes provide jobs. So, I mean, would there be enough new commerce coming in, new companies and that sort of thing to be able to take all those hundreds of thousands of employees? I would say not. I remember the year that the State of the Nation was given and it was talking about, I think it was Amazon, don't quote me on that, but but I, I think that they it created like 600 jobs. Mm -hmm. And that was the big State of the Nation address that we they've attracted for Oklahoma. At the same time, we were investing $600 million in Durant that created over 2,000 jobs. But that was never seen as a economic boost for the state of Oklahoma. And so again, mm -hmm. it's just understanding what we do for our communities and what we do for the state. And I'd like to think what we do for the United States as a whole with our sure. cold talkers and our history and the culture and all those things. But uh, again, Hopefully we can get to an alignment on what he sees as uh, what the Choctaw people can truly do for the state. And, and he has to honor our sovereignty. Truly. And he's not the only person in our state that oh. does not understand the history and the treaties and all of those things. There's a lot of us that probably could do a lot more learning, Native and non-Native. So I encourage all of us to do a little studying and to understand a little bit more. Maybe we can come together more when we do that. Is there anything else you'd like to share on the McGirt? Well, no, I, I think just that, again, we're going to continue to invest in our court systems. We're going to uh, invest in our service delivery so that we can provide, you know, those wraparound services to to our people. Uh, because I think it's important that we can't just, again, say we want to uh, establish these laws, put people in jail, put them in prison. Again, we want to try to make them good, productive citizens, and and that's that's our goal. I mean, that's what family does, and so I think I think our tribal members just need to understand that we are going to be spending a lot of dollars. Uh, sovereignty isn't cheap. I've always said that, and so it's it's right. but it's important that we invest in it, though. Absolutely, it's good stuff. And there's much to be grateful for. The Choctaws have maintained a strong faith and a positive outlook and will remain strong. As our tribe has grown over the years, it's been impressive really how our motto, which is faith, family, culture, has seemed to really remain top priority. What are your thoughts on maintaining that culture and keeping it in practice as well as staying focused on our tribal culture? Well, I've always said, uh, Rachel, you know, if we feel, if we lose our language and lose our culture, we fail to exist as a tribe. And so it, it's the number one thing you know I mean I we can talk about McGirt we can talk about gaming we talk but that's not who we are as Choctaw people right we 
have to keep our language and history and traditions alive. And so I think, you know, we've got stickball teams that's that's going on. That's yeah. that's just a part of it, though. We, we've, through our language program, we started a, an apprenticeship program. So we're actually, I think we're up to six or seven young Choctaws that all they do is learn learn to speak Choctaw and they're becoming fluent you know in like three or four months I mean so so the point we have to get to a point where we can create that where people I know a lot of people I know myself even not even though I'm not a fluent speaker but I know a lot of the words but you forget those words and the reason why is because you don't use it every day so we have to get it to be uh, common and so we, that's the reason why we have to invest in our youth. That's the reason why we teach it at our Head Starts, daycares, but our cultural center, you know, all those things. My goal, I think, is that if we can create pride in who we are as Choctaw people and not be ashamed of who we are, I think that l- people are starting to wear their medallions now. They're, well, they're wearing their stickball bags to, to school. They're starting to do those things because they're proud to be Choctaw. And it's, and it's to me, it's it's uh, good to understand that even if you're just this much Choctaw, I know, again, I've always said I'm, I'm half Choctaw, but I want to be extremely proud of that one half. And if you're one one thousandths, be, be proud of that culture and history of the people that came across the Trail of Tears before us. And and so it, it's number one for me. It, it, we've just got to implement it in everything we do. Uh, our employees, we're trying to get them to under, I, I want us to be known whenever you go into every store, every service, a business, so on. I want them to say Halito. I want them to say Yakoki. I want them to say Chapisalachiki. You know, and I would just ask some of our tribal members that speak the language fluently, Please give us a chance because sometimes <laughs> people will say it wrong, and but but it's an opportunity to to say it to teach them, um, and so uh, in a positive way, in a reinforcing way, like thank you so much, Yakuki, for saying that, and then tell them how's the proper way to to say it. So, yeah. but it, all of those things, like I said, it's going to have to be in, and we're trying to implement it from our head start. From the the womb to the tomb, if you would. I yeah. mean, we have to be able to do that. Uh, you know, uh, our our um, even our doctors. You know, they wear the diamonds on there, and they have to. They can explain oh, what nice. the diamonds are, what That's they represent. So. It's, it's got to be in every aspect of everything that we do. So there's an internal education going on, it sounds like. Yes, okay. and there's external, though. I mean, I, I love, uh, there's, uh, I don't know who's responsible. I know Solomon Tonica has been involved in it. And uh, so they started uh, doing language classes, just a community language class. And, and they're, as a matter of fact, we've got some dollars that we've allocated for that. I think they're doing it in Broken Bow. I saw last night on Facebook that they're doing it at Tallahanna. So that's where, to me, when it starts hitting the grassroots, that's where, versus the Choctaw Nation saying this is what yeah, you need to yeah. do, and so on. when they start saying we're going to have a class tonight, my family's going to attend. That's when they will start picking it up. The Fantastic. people will start speaking it to one another, and I think that is the best way to to get immersion uh, into uh, to the language into uh, all of our communities and to our families again. Makes sense. I mean, a lot of tribes will say their sovereignty is tri- tied to their language mm-hmm. and keeping that alive. By the way, you'll be proud to know that on the way to Hugo, just outside of town, I stopped at the Choctaw gas station. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what would you call that? It, yeah. It's a travel plaza is what travel we usually plaza. call them. Yeah, and they did say halito when I walked in. And awesome. I was just like, I'm home. <laughs> you know, but uh, one of our goals, and I want everybody challenge everybody, is everybody knows aloha. And so yeah. our goal has always been to make halito just as yeah. well-known as aloha. So if we I can do that. that, I think... 
you know, everybody can say halito. You don't have to be native to say halito. Exactly. Yeah. I remember you helping me say chipisala chiquin last time I was with <laughs> <Right>. you. <laughs> yeah, and it's nice to know, too, that the language classes are, there are some that are, I was just talking to Robert Baker yesterday, who's in the language classes. Um, he puts out the words of the day or, the, yes. or something like that. And he was saying that there's only maybe a thousand seats or something like that for the self-taught. So you can walk through it on your own time because I was taking the classes that were Tuesdays and Thursday nights mm -hmm. and it got to be too much for me at the time because of the podcast. Mm -hmm. But um, so he said mm -hmm. that all 1000 seats were taken up. I believe yes. it was a thousand because I wanted to join in that. And I was like, mm -hmm. I, I want to join. Oh, there's so, I mean, it's exciting that there's that many people that are taking the class. Well, and, and for me, if we can continue to grow that, like I said, then it will become where you can speak it to somebody yes. and, and you will slowly pick it up more and more. So, I mean, right. most of us that learned English, so you learn it at home. Yeah. And so, uh, but yeah, there's tons of opportunities Go on ChoctawNation.com for word of the day. There are language classes in there. I mean, so it's, but it's available out there. I know that may not be the best. That's the reason why I have challenged our language program what is the best way we feel like this community approach is going to be really good it's something yeah. new that we're trying the apprenticeship program but if anybody else has any ideas on how we can make sure to implement the language that's what we want to do because it's mission critical for us to keep it alive i love that coming straight from our chief let's do mm. it y'all <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for that. The 2023 is an election year for you, correct? Yes. So how often is this election for chief? Chief comes up every four years. And so, and, and I love that our constitution, and the reason why I say that is even though I come up every four years from a stability in our government, six of our council run this time six will run the next every oh, two okay. years and so the the point in that is so that we don't have a turnover in so our government every yes i mean okay. that's what we're dealing with in the state that and and i'm not trying to turn political about term limits or anything but we've been able to keep stability <laughs> <I am laughs> because it's important that we keep that stability yes. and and uh, i can only imagine i've been with the tribe 36 years if I started today and had to learn McGirt, if I had to learn commerce, if I had to learn right. how do we keep language, education, you know, all those things, it, I think I would just be at a loss. Oh my and gosh, so, right. yeah. and so, um, but but yeah, it's it, but yes, every four years that that comes up, and uh, looking forward to to running again, and and uh, looking forward to the next four years. Absolutely. So a couple questions since I'm going to put you on the hot seat right okay. here since the election is coming mm -hmm. up. A lot of us would want to know what are your fiscal priorities for your administration? Sure. Well, of course, I always say that the language and culture and sovereignty, all of those. So the McGirt ruling and all those things are going to be at the forefront for us because we have to make sure to keep our language alive. Yes. We're going to have to make sure that we stay focused and fight the fight for our sovereignty. How do we implement that? How do we partner with the state? How do we partner with the counties? All of those things are going to be mission critical to sustaining our sovereignty. So that that's number one. The, the number two thing I would say is financial sustainability. So how do we make sure that we re remain financial viable? I don't know if very many people know that we spend a little over $400 million a year just on our general fund. So health, housing, oh, education, wow. all those types of things. So that's not a small amount of money. And so we're going to have to continue to be creative, find new ways that we can, uh, we're 
going to have to go outside of the Choctaw Nation. Sure, we're looking at developments in Town, and that's going to be a revenue generator for us. But there's going to we're going to have to be creative to constantly look at how we sustain the tribe. Uh, very fortunate that myself, Assistant Chief, and the Council has agreed to a sustainability fund, which would, would mean that by 2030, that we would achieve that would pay for half of the general fund, which means health, housing, education. You would never have to worry about whether Texas gets gaming again, what happens in the travel plazas, any of those types of things. And so it assures us that we're going to keep our sovereignty because if you're financially strong, we can fight it in the court system. When we lost in the past is when we didn't have any funds to pay for court oh, systems. So, so. So the fin the uh, cultural sustainability, the sovereignty sustainability, and then the financial sustainability are three important parts for us. And then, of course, uh, you know, we're always talking about providing opportunities for growth and prosperity for our tribal members. So I think we're at a time where we have over 140 different programs, but we can start looking at things that are now prevention. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we talked about how can we have, uh, my term is a decision-making academy. A lot of times our youth are struggling with, if you grow up in domestic violence, if you grow up in alcoholism, how do you get out of that? We have to be able to provide these youth with an opportunity to see that there's a different world out there. I think about myself. I had an aunt and uncle that took me to Six Flags and just simple things like that. But I, I didn't know what it was like to go and not be in a fight and brothers and sisters and chaos and all those things going on. And so I started realizing that's a world I want to be a part of. And it started changing my, my mindset. So my point being is we're, we're looking at the decision-making academy. We're looking at how can we get into every one of our programs and help them make good decisions because – Typically, we make good decisions until we get stress put on us, when we're true, broke, true. when we're broke and there are all these issues coming up in front of us. And so we just need to understand that those are issues that's facing us, but, but we need to get past those. And so the Decision Making Academy, how do we continue a higher education, our career development programs, all of those things are mission critical to us um, in the future. Uh, another area that we need to focus on is just having Wi-Fi services. I keep oh, saying yeah. that... Uh, um, the broadband in our area. Whenever uh, COVID hit, we thought, well, we're going to help out these students. We bought them laptops. Well, guess what? They couldn't use them oh, no. because there no was Wi no Wi-Fi. No wi uh, and so we're partnering with uh, internet companies and so on to, to get Wi-Fi across the Choctaw Nation and get broadband. Because I think it's critical in this day and age that you have access you to get educational services, to get anything that you want it's at your fingertip on the internet and and totally. so and and i feel like we're at a disadvantage when we're not the same as the rest of the world so Amen. so uh, broadband is going to be uh, critical for us in the future indeed that's good to hear and so that's just some of the things that I can think of off the top of my head yeah, right now. Uh, that's mm -mm. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure mm -hmm. these are also things that keep you up at night. Yes, they so are. Much. So at what point is a, say, a casino resort net positive? Well, it just depends. It depends upon the market. So like uh, Hochitown, if our assumptions are correct, of course, most people don't realize this. We've gotten to a point where we know we do our own business plans in-house so we can assess the market. We can determine 
We know how much we think that money will generate based according to the number of machines and all those. We do the same thing with service delivery. Okay. So uh, there's a business operational plan for every program, every business that we look at. So it depends upon that. But like, uh, if I remember right, the Hoach Town was going to be seven years. And we okay. we break these uh, investments down, I say investments, where we put your dollars at into three categories. One is return in, on investment, which means in 10 years or less, it will pay itself back and we'll have then we'll start having net cash flow. The other one we call return on vision. Return on vision is where we go into a community, we invest in the community. It might make or break itself, but at the end of the day, even if we spend, if we make money or if we lose a little bit of money, it's great for the community because I think yeah. about um, Clayton where I live is we put a grocery store because it was there was no grocery store within 30 miles huh. and so yes it's it's it will probably take 15 years or less to pay that back and then we have what we call return on community which is means of head starts daycares community centers that we know when we build those those are going to be a cost to us and I don't know if people realize in the last probably six or seven years we have really invested in those types of things well now those are starting to hit our general fund so now we're having to operate we have over 200 facilities within the choctaw reservation that we manage now and and uh uh, i'm proud of our maintenance crews and people like that they keep on looking top notch they keep uh, because to me there's no use in building them if we're not going to maintain them and keep them but there always is this maintenance cost just like is when they're home ownership so my point being is once you you've got this then built this if you will the service delivery you know we're going to have to keep uh providing 400 million dollars a year yeah so for example we get just due to inflation and some things like that we have to generate on gaming 39 million dollars more per year just to sustain the same service level that we are giving to our people so if you can think if you, if i said rachel can you <laughs> generate another 39 million dollars next no year it that i don't know if people realize it it's that's tough because between pharmaceutical cost and and everything that's going mm, up yeah. it's just it's just outrageous absolutely and you have a lot of people come from like the dallas area to the some of these casinos right oh very much so 93 percent of the the population comes from uh, from texas and a lot of people understand i was wednesday i was meeting with governor abnett and trying oh, to uh, and met uh, two weeks ago with the lieutenant governor of texas because texas if they get gaming that's going to affect us i don't know if people realize it it's going to affect us about mm. 400 million dollars a year if they get gaming, which is what we pay in all of our service delivery to our tribal members. So just imagine if we had to do away with all the service delivery that we currently have. So people wonder, why are you spending money down in Dallas and doing those things? Our goal is to, of course, we would love to keep gaming out of Texas. We believe it will eventually come, though, at some point in time. But if it does come, we are great partners. You know, mm-hmm. why wouldn't they want us? We've been in gaming for 20 plus years. Why wouldn't they want to partner with us? And yeah. so we're wanting to be at the forefront of making that happen. And so, yes, we will be spending a lot of time in Texas and making sure that that economy, because their economy is our economy. It's Absolutely. what's growing Hochitown. It's what's growing the southern part of the state of Oklahoma. And we have to be very in tune with what's going on there. Oh, so much looking ahead. Constant yeah. looking ahead. Well, you have to try to, you always, <laughs> what they say is, as uh, Native Americans, we always try to have to look at, see what, uh, seven generations before us. And sometimes that's extremely difficult to, to see what's happening 70 years from now. Absolutely it is. Yeah. 
So what's your policy around having a balanced budget? Well, matter of fact, it's interesting that uh, the council and us just had our quarterly strategic planning meeting and we agreed to what should be a balanced budget. So when we set that goal of sustainability mm -hmm. by 2030, that determines we need X amount of dollars in that fund. Okay. And so based according to that, then we can only spend so much per year. Our, right now, we spend about 52% of our money. We're going to have to make sure that we only spend 48% of those dollars. The remaining dollars are going to have to go into that sustainability fund. Mm -hmm. But that, right. that does not mean decreasing of any services. I want everybody to understand. We can still grow services. We can still build things. We can still do the things that we need to do. We just need to be smart about it. We need to prioritize. We need to use our dollars you know, wisely. So those are, that's where we're at. So it's important that we stick to this. Now, I think the most important part is, are we going to be disciplined enough to follow it? I hope that we are sure. because, it, and we all, uh, like I said, uh, council, my leadership team, I've got all of them together and we all agreed that this is a path forward that best will sustain our tribe for our people for the future and today. And so um, anyway, it's critically important because without the money, like I said, I, yeah. I know I don't mean to focus on dollars. It's not. It's about our culture and history. But without it, we will lose it in a heartbeat, right. though. Absolutely. Got to keep it going. And again, there's a lot of lives dependent on that, again, from our elders to medical care, all of those things. So. Yeah. Definitely. And I don't know, uh, we are 220,000 Choctaw strong now. So yes. I think back in 1997, when I just took uh, was over the health system, we had 48,000 tribal members. So, hmm. you know, and you'll hear different discussions about, well, they just want to be Choctaws and so on. And, and, and maybe there is some of that. But again, my goal is to make sure that they're proud of their culture and history. That's the reason I want them to be yes. a tribal member, not just because of what they can get from the tribe or what benefits and so on and I know that's out there but again if we can create this society if you will the Choctaw Nation society where we're dependent upon one another and, and we can sustain on our own like I said not that again the Choctaw Nation shouldn't be there we will always be there to help those that's less fortunate but the government is only as strong as its people mm -hmm. and so to me it's if, if our people are not strong then then the Choctaw Nation won't be strong so true and I, I see what you're saying. I do also hear those naysayers sometimes who are like, oh, they'll just take anyone that can trace their lineage to someone mm. on the Dawes rolls. So for non-natives, there is sometimes this, you know, kind of push and pull between there's the Choctaws who as long as you can trace yourself back to the Dawes rolls, then you can be a tribal member with there's more proof that comes with it from that, but that's it in a nutshell. Where there are other tribes where you only have to be, you do have to be half or a quarter to be able to join the tribe. So that's what we're talking about here is sometimes there are naysayers out there who say, well, that's not fair that the Choctaws get to be, you know, whatever, like it's my great, 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 great grandmother and I still get to be a tribal member. But I appreciate that about our tribe though because we have all these different perspectives and different blood quantum levels. Well, and, and Rachel, for me, I, it's just, and I know it may just be the way I think, but uh, I do not agree with the Dawes Road Commission. One mm. is, you know, at that time in 1896 to 1906, it was not good to be Choctaw. So I heard that there's non-Indians that's on the Dawes Road. I've heard that I'm sure a lot of our tribal members know that our people didn't even say that they were 
Choctaw at the time. Some people said they were half when they were full. So that thing is totally flawed. So for us to flawed. just uh, lean upon because they were choc you know, full blood then and now you're half or now you're a quarter. And mm -hmm. so to me, again, it's not about that. Mine is, that's the reason why I use the word chucked to spirit, mm -hmm. because it's more about if you are Choctaw and you're good people, want to help the community, help your fellow neighbor, want to learn our language, want to learn our traditions. To me, that's more Choctaw than absolutely than, than I, your CDIB card. Exactly. Yeah. Very much so. And so, anyway, I, I I just so my thing is I just disagree with that. And plus, our tribe, whether we like it or not, I think last time I checked, it's like seventy five percent of our people are less than a four. So we our tribe would fail to exist if we just go to a certain wow. blood quantum, right. and, and uh, or that or not unless. Don't mean this bad, but unless cousins start marrying cousins, because that's what's going to have to happen before you can remain a full blood, because there's yeah. not a full blood out there that is not related to another it's full blood. It's true. It's true. Well, I mean, I think, think about, about the billies. Out exactly. There. Well, I mean, I think about my um, like my mom and them. They they were full blood. Well, the people in that area, they were our cousins. I mean, not unless they moved off to another area to find somebody else to marry. So true. So true. And that's how it the the blood quantum starts waning. A yes, little it bit. does. So yeah. But obviously, we're proud to be Choctaw. <laughs> yes, we are <laughs> extremely proud. And I'm sorry to go off on that. No, but, no, but it's a good topic because I think some people, there are those who feel slighted a little bit when they can't be an actual member because their relatives were not on the Dawes rolls. And it doesn't make them any more, any less native. Yeah, it doesn't right. make them any less Choctaw. And so. Yeah, so it's unfortunate that, that sometimes that's how they feel. Well, my thing is, you know, we say to the Chutta proud, ours as a sovereign nation offer an opportunity for growth and prosperity. The first thing in that statement is to the Choctaw proud. And so mm -hmm. you have to be Choctaw proud, I think, to, to go, I don't want to be a part of that tribe. Well, my goodness, I mean, that's like saying I don't want to be American, you know. But 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 my point being is, hopefully, we're creating an environment and a, a culture of something that people are proud of and that they want to be a part of. Yes, absolutely, and I think you are mm. achieving that. I think the Choctaw Nation is achieving that. Mm. So are there any words you'd like to share with our Choctaw voters about what you intend to do and will continue doing for them should you be reelected? Oh my God! I, I, think I hate. Covered that. Well, yeah, and plus, I, I just for me, it's really a struggle. Uh, the political side is probably what I struggle with the most. Uh, being a chief, I just want to help people, yeah. and so to talk about what's been done, it's been all of us that's uh, it's helped. It's been our people. It's been my leadership team it's been council it's been our judicial body it takes everybody to make a strong successful choctaw nation and so i just feel fortunate to to be a part of it uh, i hope that my uh, what i've done when i say i it's not really me but what we all have done has been, has shown that the tribe has prospered and so uh that's that's really i hope that that my action speaks louder than my words well said mm -hmm. and i wish we could say that about other politicians as well so so who of our members can vote i mean is it contingent upon their living on the reservation or can remote 
members also vote? No, if you're if you are a tribal member now, I just want to make sure everybody understands. There's a difference between having your CDIB, which just shows you have a one half three quarters blood quantum of Choctaw, but your tribal membership, which means you have to be a member of the Choctaw Nation. Most people don't realize now. If you're one half, say Choctaw Chickasaw which member are you a part mm -hmm. of you have to choose choctaw or chickasaw so if you are a choctaw tribal membership have that card then you have the right to vote okay good to know and, and no matter where you live reservation. okay yeah yeah because i get the uh the information in the mail at my house in illinois saying it's time to vote so it's always fun when i get to see that sure and knowing i don't live in oklahoma right now full time so, and then how can Choctaw members vote? Well, actually, uh, you can vote. Uh, we'll have early voting this okay. time. And oh, then, of nice. course, you can vote online. If you live outside of the reservation, then you'll receive a ballot in the mail. And so, of course, check whoever you want to for, for chief or for your council member. And that's another thing that people don't understand is that when you are within the Choctaw Nation, for example, I live in Clayton, so I live within District 7. That's whoever's running for that position of council person that's who i get to vote for okay. now if you live outside of the reservation you get to choose if you're district one district two district three a lot of people uh choose uh, uh areas where their family come from so again so uh you have the right to vote in your council member district they are your legislator they're the ones that pass yeah. laws and they're your advocates so make sure and not only vote in the chief election but vote in the council member election as well absolutely so now you're out of the hot seat okay <laughs> but i do have a question for you on a side note sure um, for my own curiosity's sake we kind of covered a little bit about this earlier but what are the pros and cons of being a chief i mean you have a lot of energy mm -hmm. and you're out there every single day with our people but i know it can't be easy so what are what are those highs and lows well the pros to me is impacting people's lives in a positive way that's what inspires me that's what motivates me so when you get to see a, a young child that that you knew that was coming from a family that was like myself that was fairly poor and to see them being successful in their yeah. job and become homeowner I just love that. Cool. The the actually probably the the downside is for me is is truly again I would say the political side. And the reason why I say the political see to me politics I, I say it's about relationships. I feel like I know you, Rachel, you know me. It's not that I can't be myself. Yeah. And now if I go, I'm going to scratch your back and you scratch mine, then that is political in my opinion. Yeah. And you I try to stay away from that and because I but like dealing with some of our uh, the state and different ones like that it's really a struggle to not just want to pound your fist just not to want to just say <laughs> don't you understand and and instead you have to make sure that you are uh, stay calm, yeah stay calm that you you represent the tribe in yeah. a positive way that you're intellectual about it and, and plus <laughs> one of the things I, I'd say it's so my point being is I think the struggle part is remaining true to who you are and not becoming what you despise yeah so sometimes people that don't like to listen you know again I you and I can disagree on an issue but I will respect you at the end of the day you know and, and but a lot of times people don't even care if that you're you respect them or not they just are going to disagree that's a real right. struggle for me so it's so and it, those people that don't want to listen guess what it makes you want to even really push harder for them to listen but 
But then guess what? You're becoming a bully like they're trying to bully you into their beliefs. And my thing is, I shouldn't, uh, yeah, I've got my beliefs, and I'm going to stand on my beliefs. But if you have your beliefs, you stand on your beliefs. But again, yes. we, we, we respect that. But, but anyway, that's probably the toughest part of this job is dealing with that type of personality mm -hmm. and dealing with that in whether it's at a smaller level, you know, state level, federal level, all those, and just trying to, Take that deep breath, remain calm, and, and just remember again, is it good for our Choctaw people? Does it violate <laughs> right. any of my my own uh, values that I believe? Does it violate any of our Choctaw values? I mean, for example, I'm at the age where, um, and maybe it's because I'm 56, if somebody comes to me and they want to do a business deal, but they're all about the money, I'm just, I'm, I'm yeah. done. Yeah. Because it's first about our culture and our history. And if we can align that, we, whether it's faith or that we agree that family's important, then we can start having a conversation. Then we exactly. build a relationship. The money will come at exactly. some point. There will be these opportunities that, that arise. But, but, no, I've had to learn that in, in a hard way. And, but, but, it's a, but, no, that's, but those types of things is sticking to our values and beliefs as Choctaw people and not becoming that tyrant yeah. that, that that you're feeling like they are or that bully that they're imposing upon you those are some of the most difficult things to deal with and i think that would be hard for any of us <laughs> sure it would and the, the other thing i would say that's probably the most difficult would be is uh, just being away from family you know yeah. you have to be a, a lot of times so you know i'm at the age now where my uh, me and Angie joke now because we are single again because mm -hmm. our, our uh, both of our kids are grown our Aww. grandkids I've, I've got a our granddaughter she's a junior in high school she'll be a senior then she'll be moving on it's of course as soon as they move out of the home then they start you know having their own lives and they don't come back home as much and yeah. you know just all those things and I feel like I missed a lot of opportunities mm -hmm. I tried to do my best to, to balance that work personal life thing but but it does come with a little bit of uh, uh, stress from from being gone and then also just regrets because you're gone so much and and dealing with that or sometimes if you're home you're not at home yeah. you know what I mean right. you're, you're yeah, at home but I'm sitting else. here thinking yeah. okay how are we gonna fight the governor how are we gonna make sure we maintain <laughs> our sovereignty you know all those that's what's running through my head when we're sitting around trying to have a dinner you know yeah. and and you it's you have to learn to shut it off and I don't know that when I was younger that I could shut it off that well as I've gotten older mm -hmm. because I feel guilty because if I shut it off it's it's because I'm supposed to be sticking up for the people that's what they elected me to do and if, right. if I'm taking a breather then I'm not doing it but it's okay I hope it's okay to do it just every so often so that, that I can have that work life balance. and you know that's part of where I'm at is that I am going to take that break. If that gets me out of office, so be it. Because yeah, yeah, because I I mean my family and and you know they're they're important to me. Well, we did elect a human being. <laughs> well, I'd like so, to think so. <laughs> I think that you deserve a break or two. Sure, you will be a better leader if you have those breaks for sure. And I hope that you're getting some of those. Well, I am. But but like I said, uh, but on the positive things is just to see the tribe grow, to see our tribal members grow and prosper. Yeah, uh, it's all worth it in right. the end. I don't mean right. to focus so much on the negative, but but those uh. 
but it's great to see. I mean, I, I love talking to our elders. Yeah. And I don't know, if, if Rachel, if you ever experienced it. I remember as a kid, you know, we would go to the back of the truck, and I'm doing my hands like this. The reason why I say because we'd have to stick our hands up to be handed food, to be handed uh commodities you know white label you know all those types of things you know now our people get to the store they get to choose or they get a food voucher that they can go to the local store they get to choose what they want that's when i think that for me it makes it so exciting used to you got cookie cutter homes now you get to choose your home I always say, when you get to have these choices that's available to you, I, I just think about, we just had a, a camp this last weekend for people to come out and try out for football for 21 different colleges and universities to look at our Native American students. I never had that opportunity. I don't know, uh, this was, and that's in 1985, I don't know of very many students and, and our elders that I would say older than me that ha- had those opportunities. Now our students, our kids, have those opportunities more than ever before. My thing is now is trying to figure out how do we entice them to have the confidence to be proud of who they are as Choctaw people and seize those opportunities Mm -hmm. because I see that these opportunities are there now, but they don't seize them. That's too much paperwork to fill out. That's not, but but I can remember when I went to college, (laughs) I had a cousin that literally was saying, I'm thinking about stopping college because they had too much paperwork to fill out. Yes, it took about eight hours. Uh, You know, I got like three to five thousand dollars for for filling mine out i was like best i'm worth it that breaks down to a pretty good amount so so anyway so to to see all those things happening to see our culture and our history and our elders embracing and hopefully my point is if those elders and the youth can come together oh that would just be a glorious day for me to see that eventually happen yeah that's so neat and it's it's starting to happen like i said with those community language classes and so on but but anyway those are the things that that's what i love about this job though i think it's interesting Mm -hmm. how you were talking about when you were younger there was a certain way you got your rations Mm -hmm. and now there's a totally different way that people who are needing them can go about getting Mm -hmm. them and they have choices and it's interesting yeah the whole gamut um so inquiring minds want to know okay do you ever get any sleep? <laughs> oh yes, I I sure do. I, I average probably five hours of sleep a night, and and uh, five hours, y'all. But um, but uh, but for me, you know, I've just been blessed that uh, five hours. Now there is times I would call it I crash. My wife will say that, you know, I'll come in and and it'll be right. eight o'clock at night, and she'll look over and I'm in the oh, the, the, the the chair asleep, and you know, but but yeah, it's just uh, I don't know. I've just been blessed. I I try to like said go to bed before midnight i'll usually try to answer email facebook and yes everybody i do answer my own facebook snapchat all of those things really? uh, all of those things and so i i do that and then usually i get up at five and then i'll uh if i'm going to durant it's an hour and a half drive there and then i, I, I go and i'll go work out real quickly in the mornings you have it, an hour and a half drive to work every day not every day but oh. if i go to durant it's an hour and a half drive yeah but like today coming to hugo it's an hour drive you know if i go to poto it's an hour drive where i live in clayton it is the center part of the choctaw nation so it's about an hour everywhere i go is the downside of it (laughs) except to the council house i'm only about five minutes away from the council house house. (laughs) but but that's where my family grew up i love it there and so and plus i think it's important to me to stay humble yes um when i'm at clayton i'm gary 
Mm -hmm. I'm not the chief. And yeah. so, uh, and matter of fact, I, I believe it's an honor. I, I, I mentioned earlier, I was at a funeral for my cousins, and so many people was coming by, and they were saying, hey, Gary, hey, Gary. And I'd like to think it's because they knew me before chief, and they yeah. knew that yeah. they just knew Gary is Gary. Gary is still Gary, I'd like to think. Gary yeah. is not because he's chief now that he's gotten better than anybody else. So yeah. it's really important yeah. that uh, that you keep that, that mindset, and but... Uh, but no, I get that five hours of sleep, and right now that's plenty. But I can tell as I get older, you know, yeah. that it it is starting to affect me more <laughs> and more. So, uh, so again, I, I'm definitely looking forward to this next uh, four years, and mm -hmm. and uh, but we'll see where we go after that, though. Yeah, the sky's mm -hmm. the limit. Exactly. <laughs> I have a feeling a lot is going to get accomplished as it has been. So tell us about the capital projects you have coming up. Sure, we have tons of capital projects. You know, another part of our budget goes to capital projects and or, uh, you know, reinvesting in our businesses. And when I say capital projects, I know a lot of times people don't understand what that is. That's for our community centers, our Head Starts, our daycares, wellness centers. It's anything that we're building that we're putting a lot of dollars, capital into. Mm -hmm. And so Hochtown, most people know that that's a big investment for us. That's 220 Twenty million dollars, you know. Durant, the the western side of Choctaw Nation, has always been fortunate to have the Texas market. Well, now the Texas market is finding the eastern side of Choctaw Nation, oh, and so yeah. now with that two hundred twenty million dollars, that's going to be another four hundred homes. We just broke ground the other day on uh, I think it was one hundred twenty homes in Broken Bow that we're building for tribal members and yes. for employees up there. So it's great to see that starting to grow. We opened up Reba's not too long ago. I always say that was a great success for us, excuse me, is because we only spent 50% of the money and we will, so we're investors. They're managing it. They're doing all those things. But 80% of the people are Choctaw that's working there. That's so, so it's great. Yeah. And it's an economic boost to that area. We're starting to see other people invest in that area. That's what we're hoping to do in Hochitown. And that's what we want to do across the Choctaw Nation. Also, we're uh, that's just on the uh, that side of it. We're, from other capital projects, you know, we're looking to double the size of the clinic in McAllister. That's uh, that's the highest concentration of Choctaws in the bigger city. Hmm. So, uh, so we're hoping when we double that, that we know there's a waiting list. It's hard to get in. All those types of things. We desperately need doctors, nurses there. So uh, I can't remember the exact number of employees that we'll be adding there. So we're looking at at, at doing that. Broken Bow. We're looking at expanding the size of that clinic it's always been what we kind of called a dock in a box but it didn't have pharmaceuticals <laughs> and so what we want to do now is provide more uh, uh, delivery of services which and also pharmaceuticals so that they can get that there so that they can get all their their treatment there so I just think about that we're building a wellness center in Wright City Oklahoma uh, right now of course we'll continue the housing I said 600 homes and so that's just some of the capital projects that I can think of off the top of my head that we'll be doing uh, of course being here in Hugo one of my goals over the next four years that we would able to get a now I can't promise you this, so it's just a dream of mine, but I would love to have a hospital on the southern end of Choctaw Nation. Ah. So we would love to see if we can get joint venture dollars, to, which is where we uh, get money from the federal government to pay for the staffing for it. We have to construct it, but we would love to put it here in Hugo, Oklahoma. Sounds great. Sounds like mm -hmm. there's a need for that. It's very much so. 
So, and speaking of capital projects, why don't you tell us about the new resort, Choctaw Landing? Well, Choctaw Landing, the reason why we're excited about it, again, because we hope to grow the economy there in Hochtown, Broken Bow area, uh, you know, with the 400 jobs. But it, it's a 100-room hotel. We're going to have a gaming there. We're going to have a restaurant there. We're going to have what we call a C-store uh, there. But it's also going to have an outdoor experience where you can come. We're hoping that for our artisans that's in that area that we could have an artist artisan day where people could do flint napping they could oh, bring their, their cool. paintings where they could do you know uh, beadwork they could do all these things to highlight again our culture our history I don't mean to want to sell our history but I think it's something that our, uh, not only us but the, the world as a whole wants to see who we are as Choctaw people. So we want to be able to highlight there and that in Hochtown. Uh, like I said, we're, we're building homes up in that area. So we're excited to, to be bringing that to, to the Hochtown area. And again, we hope that this is just phase one. We mm -hmm. hope that phase two comes right along after that, which means more gaming, more uh, hospitality uh, venues, more gaming venues and things like that for that area. And so uh, and then we're looking not only there, but when I say that, because you have to look at the 259 corridor, as I said, so okay. Idabel, Broken Bow, Hochitown, uh, Smithville, Batiste, uh, all the way to Poto. We're hoping that that really continues to grow and you can start seeing the land has gone crazy for anybody that's trying to buy property up oh in that my area. Gosh, right? My husband and I were looking at some in uh, Broken Bow and it's like, I don't know if we can do it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's extremely expensive, which I always say I'm a hypocrite when it comes to that. And the reason why I say that is it's sad to see that the land has gone as high as it is. But it's great for those people that are selling it. Yeah, and I always sure. say that I want to have those opportunities uh, for my grandchildren. And so for us to do that, we have to bring in the economic side of it. I think, again, going back to my medallion here, is we have to think about balance and how do we make sure to create this economic engine and grow that, but keep our culture and our history, the preservation of the the um, the woods, the the environment, all of that right, over there. Right. It's mission critical that we do it in a right way. And that's why I'm glad Choctaw Nation will have a bigger presence there because I know that the nation's very good about preser preservation and all of that. Definitely. So Hochitown, though, was one of those big areas where our Choctaw ancestors settled after mm -hmm. coming over on the trail of tears right yes yes definitely i mean there they come across if i remember right seven different locations and of course mccurtain county that's the reason why you still see a lot of our full bloods are mm -hmm. in mccurtain county and yeah. and they've been able to keep their culture their history the language and and i love it there's even american indian leadership youth council down there which is a the in school that they oh, started in fantastic. the 70s and it's still in existence today they still wear their traditional dress and so on and so i, I just love, I love that, that area and how they've been able to preserve our culture so but the thing is that area needs to desperately grow there is still a lot of poverty we okay. still see a lot of alcoholism we still see a lot of domestic violence in those areas mm -hmm. and so my thing is if we can grow those opportunities for them then it gives their chance for an individual or their family to start succeeding and start doing doing well absolutely 
Yeah, lots of jobs coming out yes, that way. Yes, definitely. That's amazing. Um, what's the latest status on that project, Choctaw Landing? Well, it's it's on project. It's on um, it's on project. It's on uh, schedule, and okay. so we're excited about that. Uh, I think it's in April of twenty four is when we will schedule to open that, and so oh, we're yay. we're excited <laughs> a, a, about it. We can't get here quick enough. You know, every time we do these announcements, it you know most people don't realize it takes two years sometimes or eighteen months to build these projects, and so sometimes. I worry about announcing them kind of too early because everybody's like, my God, is that thing ever going to open? But if you go by there, you can see the steel is erected and everything else. And so they're starting to to close it in a little bit. So so again, it's on on um, on schedule. Yeah. Well, let's not forget that most private sector projects, you know, corporations building something, it's two years means four. Exactly. So it's, it's shocking that Choctaw Nation puts something out there and meets the deadline. I'm sure it's not always. I'm oh, sure no. there's a lot of scrambling well, sometimes. Well, and, and most people's dealing with this right now. Supply chain has been a big issue that, that's hit us. Inflation, 61% increase in construction oh cost. And so it's, if you look at steel, steel is up by like 40%. You know, every, lumber's up. You know, of course, everything is up right now. Yeah. That's a big concern for me and trying to think about uh, for the future for our people. So how do we make sure to create dollars that people can save and keep in their their mm-hmm. pockets you know I, I would love to one day be able to offer insurance to our tribal members at a discounted yes. rate whether it's health insurance car insurance all those types of things and i know i'm talking uh pie in the sky type of things right now but if the uh, like pharmaceuticals if they can save through our pharmacy then that's money that you know i think mm-hmm. about my mom she made 700 bucks a month on social security and so and she had to pay sometimes for some pharmaceuticals if we didn't provide that. So the more pharmaceuticals that we can provide, the more things that we can, if we can reduce somebody's electrical cost, can we do something solar wise? So it's just having all these dreams about what we can do, because I just feel like the more we can save our tribal members money, it's going to be critical with the inflation that's coming. And yes. I don't know if it's at its end. I, uh, you know, everybody always says we're in a recession now. Well, I, I don't know. In Oklahoma, it's, we never know if it's good or bad because it never changes that much other than than the cost of things and so um but but anyway it's but it does concern me because we do know that if you go to the grocery store if you go to our grocery store hamburger meat bologna definitely costs more than what it used to it really does i mean and and then you if you're not always looking at the prices you get to the you know the line and you're like really it's that much for this <laughs> exactly. small cart of stuff yeah it's crazy so that's good thinking just, right there we can all use a little savings here and there so I remember when it was announced that Hochatown was going to be getting this resort and I was thinking and I know other people were thinking well how are they going to get people to move there and once they move there you know where are they going to house them and and so you guys just came up with a solution with the LEAP pro- program and providing well, housing down there. Well, and definitely and we're, we're looking at can we help with relocation costs because a lot of our tribal members had to move from that area mm-hmm. to go get jobs other places. So maybe yeah. maybe we can help them move back home. Yeah. So I would encourage tribal members, if you're from that area but you've moved off, we would love to have you uh, come back to, to work for our Choctaw people. That's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it is such a beautiful area. It is gorgeous. Yeah, I do too. So tell us about some of those amenities at Choctaw Landing. 
So, I mean, the, the thing that I'm excited about, I told you about the, the outside piece of it. One of the things I'm wanting to create down there, too, is in our store is uh, we call it a, a mercantile. And it's okay. because, you know, if you're down from that area, you know, it's it's kind of old school, mm -hmm. if you will. I mean, Little kind of feels like, yeah, boutique. And, yeah. and so on. So we're hoping that we can provide that opportunity. You know, that we can we uh, I hope that we will be able to cut you a piece of steak if you want a piece of steak. You know, if you yeah. need a slab of bacon. And we could cut it. you a slab of bacon in, <laughs> in like an old mercantile that you used to go to. Yeah. And of course, we're, we're looking at the, the food venue. We also, believe it or not, uh, Hochi Town, I always say, you're never really a city until you get a Starbucks or a Chick-fil-A. <laughs> we have a Starbucks that's going to be put Ooh. in at, at Hochi Town. It's so uh, for, wow. for those people that live local, I don't know that you'll give the $5 for a cup of coffee, but, <laughs> but everybody else... They're People used to it, <laughs> and, and it just amazes me that they love those types of things. But yeah. but we need that amenity again to attract them. So those are yeah. just some of the things that's that's coming there. Big time. Yeah, of course. Outside, a part of that, we will have a small venue for. There's no place in in Hochtown really to have a small venue like a family reunion or something. Oh, so okay. we're looking at having a, a small area that's where you can open the the uh, doors, if you will, be located next to oh. our pool. It's so that you could have an indoor outdoor venue there which again is very conducive to that area yeah. and so we're hoping to, to do that oh, as that's well. gonna get booked up right? I, I think it will too <laughs> absolutely so an article from Choctaw Nation by Christian Tao stated Hocha town is the site of an historical Choctaw village and many Choctaw still live in the area making it the perfect location for Choctaw landing the design of the mercantile and the resort will reflect the tribe's culture and the property will include historical information about the tribe and feature Choctaw art created by tribal members. So how many jobs do you think Choctaw Landing will bring in? Well, we're hoping that it will produce over 400 jobs. And like I said, and that's just the beginning. And because, I, again, I love the outdoor area and where you could have uh, artisans that would come in, sell their artwork, sell uh, jewelry, so all those types of things. And, and to me, that's just the beginning. I think that as we continue to grow, I think people will love that atmosphere. They, uh, you know, I just think about all of our culture. I think they would love to hear our language they'd love to see our language on certain you know whether it's issy nippy which is deer you know yeah. deer meat just yeah. that they understand what all of those things the naming of the trees and so i think the more we can do it again i think it educates people about our culture and history which is truly an attraction for people that's coming outside of the state definitely well said mm -hmm. So for those looking for a gorgeous vacation spot for a romantic getaway or a great place for the family to hang out and have some fun, Hocha Town is nestled in the trees and hills of southeast Oklahoma. And Broken Bull Lake is just nearby, so check it out, y'all, and start thinking ahead for your next family vacation. This is a sought-after destination, though. So once the resort is open, get those reservations set up ASAP. Trust me on this. Definitely. <laughs> Chief, before we go, are there any words of wisdom you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, I think uh, just it's been an honor just to be a part of, of the tribe. And, and, of course, you know, I'd like to think I was a part of the tribe before ever becoming an employee of the tribe. Mm -hmm. And it's your chalk, if you're Choctaw, you're just Choctaw. I remember asking my mom, what's it like to be Choctaw? And she goes, well, either you are or you're not. Because she couldn't understand that there's <laughs> yeah. any difference, you know. <laughs> and and, uh, and so, uh, but for me, I just think that... Uh, I would just encourage our tribal members 
To remain strong and proud in who we are as Choctaw people, let it build confidence in you. Don't let anybody else try to put you down. I think we as Native Americans, we've allowed it. We've allowed people to put us down for, uh, you know, I think uh, one of my goals is to change the, uh, I think, and I know I'm, uh, it, I was joking earlier, no, I do not have a head full of, of hair. I do not have a ponytail. But, but my point is that, most people see the, they think of headdresses, you know, yeah, and things like right. that. We're desperate, you know. We're, we're we just can't sustain our own selves. We can't govern our own selves. Mm -hmm. And so, for me, I want people to understand to be confident in our culture and history, but then also be able to stand up in government and be able to stand up in business. Start your own business. Yeah. You can, do all those things. I think if we can ever get that mindset of confidence that we truly that Tushka warrior spirit of who we are. I think that will be a win just in itself uh, because I think so many times right now we limit ourselves. We don't think that we can leave from Hugo, Oklahoma mm -hmm. and live in Hollywood, which I'm not saying you need to live in Hollywood, sure. but Oklahoma City, Illinois, you know, you can prosper and you can provide for your family and you can keep your culture and history alive and well i think we we need to get past this time where we think we have to give up one for the other i think yeah. we feel like we have to be white you know meaning that if you if you do well and you work well then you're white if you suffer and you're in poverty and you're in desperate despair then you're choctaw mm -hmm. to me i want our tribal members to understand that there's a good balance of working hard making your way for your family and for yourself but yet understanding that you're deeply rooted in your culture and history. And I think if we can ever get that cultural mind shift to change, I think our tribe will just shoot off and do extremely well, and better than it's ever done before. Well said, and the tribe has definitely given us a lot of tools to have that confidence and to mm -hmm. take that next I step. I hope so. So be encouraged, everyone. Mm -hmm. The faith family culture motto of our Choctaw tribe could not be more accurate, and it seems our bonds are stronger than ever. So God bless you in this upcoming election, Chief. Thank you. And Yakuki for being a true and caring leader for our people. Well, Yakuki, and just thank you for having me, uh, Rachel. As always, it's a it's an honor to, to be here and sit with you, and just to, you. for you to, to to do these podcasts and to keep our history and culture alive. Again, Yakuki. Yakuki, much appreciated. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Native Chalk Talk. Be sure to join our community on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Simply search for Native Chalk Talk. That's Native, C-H-O-C-T-A-L-K. And check us out at nativechalktalk.com. Stay tuned for the next episode. You're going to love it. Yakoki. Thank you, my friends. <laughs>